I told you you'd love it. <laughs> it's a way of life. <laughs> I'm Aaron Martell. I'm Ray Zimmer. And welcome to Albumatics, a podcast where we discuss and analyze a musical album of our choice. On this episode, we have reconvened the Zappadicks, an ongoing feature of the podcast where we explore the music of Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. And if we're assembling the Zappadicks, of course, we have to include our main member, super listener Sam George. Sam, welcome <laughs> back to the podcast, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate this. It's awesome to be here. Been too long. <laughs> All right, it's been uh, a month and a half or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam got to pick the record we're going to talk about, and he chose the 1975 album "One Size Fits All" by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Sam, give us a quick recap of your Zappa history and why you picked this album in particular. Well, uh, the last episode we uh, we did on Zappa on Hot Rats. I said that I'd heard Frank's music when I was very young from my dad. And then as when I got older and started finding people in school that liked the same kind of things I did, well, I kind of found him again. And uh, I'd heard Baby Snakes, and then I uh, heard Apostrophe and Overnight Sensation. And then I sought this one out. I went and bought this, um, I guess, mid-90s, 93, 94, somewhere around there. And... Uh, it's been a staple ever since for me. I love this album. All right. Ray? Um, well, like I think I said in the other one, I, the, Joe's Garage is my basic intro to Zappa and stuff like that. Of course, what I always see of him on TV, uh, like, you know, like testifying <laughs> before Tipper Gore. Yep. Um, but this album is brand new to me completely, and uh, it's been, i got to tell you, a pretty pleasant surprise. All right, I so you didn't know any tracks on it? Nothing. All right. Yeah, my intro was apostrophe, but I was already hooked on Zappa. I mean, like, well, turning into a mega fan by the time I got this album. I knew the song Sofa because it was on my Zappa CD, You Can't Do That On Stage Anymore, Volume 1, which had two live versions of that song. I found out that Sofa originally appeared on this album, so that's when I got this CD, probably sometime in the early 90s, like you, Sam, when I was just going nuts collecting Zappa albums. And that's it. There you have it. Now it's time for some basic facts about this record, and take this with a grain of salt. I don't trust Wikipedia either. 
<laughs> One Size Fits All is the 10th studio album by American rock band Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, released on June 25th, 1975 on Discrete Records. It was produced by Frank Zappa and was recorded from August 27th, 1974 to April 1975 at Record Plant Studios, Los Angeles, California, Caribou Ranch, Nederland, Colorado, and Paramount Studios, Los Angeles, California. It reached number 26 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. And here's the band's lineup card. We've got Frank Zappa on guitar, lead vocals, and backing vocals. George Duke on keyboards, synthesizer, lead vocals, and backing vocals. Napoleon Murphy Brock on flute, tenor saxophone, lead vocals, and backing vocals. Ruth Underwood on marimba, vibraphone, and percussion. Chester Thompson on drums, sound effects, and voices. Tom Fowler on bass guitar. James Birdlegs Human on bass guitar. Johnny Guitar Watson on vocals. And last but not least, Captain Beefheart, credited as Bloodshot Rolling Red on harmonica. <laughs> All tracks were written by Frank Zappa. Okay, here we go into a track-by-track analysis of this album. We open the proceedings with Inca Roads. Sam, what do you think about this? Oh, man. Immediately, I recognize this album sounds incredible. It's recorded in 1975, I believe. Man, this his record sounded better than anyone's, man. And I don't know if it's because he was a perfectionist or if he just had all the latest equipment. But it sounds great, man. And that first little riff, and it goes, it's like a, a giga, giga, I love that part, man. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of groovy. It gets in there, and then you hear these uh, UFO things, these uh, spacey effects. I think George Duke's doing that on a synth and has the greatest run-on sentence in rock history as, a, as its lyrics. And it uh, creates its imagery that it's, it's a, like a UFO is trying is looking for a place to park. fucking <laughs> 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 hilarious. And, uh, and it takes you through through there, man. Uh the stars in this rock, this song here, um, are George Duke and Ruth to me. Ruth Underwood. Oh yeah, and in different parts, Ruth is all the way through there, but George Duke has this amazing solo, and this or solos, and I love Ruth. I love Ruth. Period. Um, not just this song. I do too. I mean, she, every time I see her, she's smiling and slaying the freaking marimbas in a rock band, and she's got her jeans high and tight, and she's I don't know, man. I'll, I love Ruth. She kills in this song, and so does uh, Fowler on, on bass, man. It's really cool. It's really cool. And it's, you, it's got a bunch of changes, a bunch of time signature changes, and, and there's some interludes in there where it says, park it, park it. And this is, it goes right back into it, man. And, it's, and then uh, Frank has a solo that kind of cradles, sounds like it cradles my head and lays me gently down in this freaking in high in the Andes. On a freaking mountain pillow. I don't know. Nice. And then yeah. later on in the song, after that awesome solo, it gets into this uh, 
uh, a driving jazz thing. George Duke goes off, man, on this on that on the end part when he goes dun 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 dun. dun. That part right there, dude, I can listen to that for hours and hours and hours. And uh, and some more really cool absurd lyrics. And he says guacamole queen, guacamole queen. <laughs> Anyone that doesn't like this song, man, this is one of my favorite Zappa songs of all. I and mean, there's so many, and then it changes from time to time. And tomorrow I might like City Time Lights, but right now Inca Roads is my favorite Zappa song. All right, love it. Right. Wow, I mean, I I can see why you would say that, Sam, because I think this is probably one of mine as well. It's definitely in my my top five for what very little knowledge I have of the entire catalog. But this song is the tits. The vocals are kind of cool. They almost remind me of the guy, the, whoever does the falsetto voice in Earth, Wind, and Fire, which I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really yeah. kind of cool thing to throw in there. That's Philip Bailey. Yeah, Philip Bailey. Right. Holy shit. That's right. <laughs> He's in love. <laughs> <laughs> But um, holy shit, great guitar solo work by Frank Zappa on this. I mean, the guy had just talent to boot, but like, I mean, this is a great showcase of his talents. And I almost hear like some like George Lynch-esque, I think it might be pick tapping. There's like a way to tap, but instead of using your index finger, you can use your pick, which is something that Lynch does and Satriani kind of stole from Lynch. I think a lot of people stole from Lynch. Yeah. Along. But I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to say that that's it, but that's what it sounds like to my untrained ear. Um, the synths though don't sound cheesy. Um, for example, see Lucky Man by Emerson Lake Palmer, or uh, anything by Styx <laughs> from that era. And there's a lot of weird shit going on there. I, I, was this the song where like Frank brought a synth in and said to George, "Here, you can do something, figure something out with this." Pretty much, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. you know what? Fucking yep. a. Hats off to George Duke for that. For just saying, all right, well, this is what I got, and it yeah. came out brilliant. Yep. Yeah. What I noticed, too, is like during Frank's solo sections, the, the keyboard part really does a lot to support it. I mean, yeah. there's some, some parts where he's kind of going off, but he just does – the two interplay well with each other. I think I'm just going to repeat basically what Sam said. Ruth Underwood is a fucking beast. It's awesome stuff. And that one thing that you notice on the song, too, is these guys had a lot – or maybe it was something that he wrote in the, the charts themselves. And by the way, I would love to see the charts for this fucking <laughs> song. <laughs> I'm not a great sight reader to begin with, but I think if I saw that, my eyes would cross, I'd piss myself, and I'd probably just, you know, start, you know, drinking moxie. I don't know. But uh, this Frank had a great sense of dynamics. This song isn't just like loud, 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 or just, you know, kind of, there's like a flow to the dynamics of this song, which you got to give Zappa and his ensemble credit for completely. So the song is fucking awesome, man. Yeah. This song is just nuts. It's long, over eight minutes, and a very dense track with so many different time signatures, I couldn't possibly figure it out. Wiki said that within the song, there's 2-4-3-4-4-4-5-4-6-4-3-8-7-8-3-16th, 5-16th, 7-16th, 11-16th, and possibly others. You believe this shit? That's fucking wild. Take that, tool. (laughs) (laughs) Word. Coming from you, that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. It's almost impossible to follow what's going on when you first hear it. I remember the first time I listened to this, and all I could think of was, what the fuck is going on? Ruth Underwood on Marimba is just amazing and fluid, and she occasionally leads the way. And then Frank gets in that noodling guitar solo that's cool as fuck, and it was recorded live in Helsinki, Finland in 1974, and was grafted onto the track. Frank loved to do all kinds of shit like that, blend studio and live recordings together. George Duke plays a complex synth solo supposedly in 716th time, but fuck if I know if it is or not. I couldn't count it. <laughs> There's just these combinations of sound that fade in and out with each other, and it's so fucking complex, yet somehow tuneful as hell. You can still somehow groove to it. 
Oh yeah, there's vocals too. George Duke sings lead, and the lyrics seem to be about aliens from outer space landing in South America and visiting the Incan civilization. Towards the end, the vocals are rattled off rapid fire that make Buster Rhymes proud. <laughs> on Ruth, on Ruth, that's Ruth. Woo-ha! <laughs> <laughs> It's supposed to be like, isn't it supposed to be like kind of bagging on, or not really bagging, but kind of poking fun at like pretentious like prog bands and stuff like that? Which yes. Which is really funny. I read can, that, yeah. 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 <laughs> See, I like when people can like take the piss out of something like that. Yeah. That's, that is the mark of a great artist. Yeah. So it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, it's not only take that tool, take that King Crimson, take yeah. that, <laughs> yes, take that. ELP, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you really stuck up prog snobs. <laughs> I'll show you how to do a prog song. I know, yeah. And like, I, what he wrote there is like probably blows a lot of that shit. <laughs> Out of the water, just yeah. Floyd. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, here are the charts. Read this, Roger. <laughs> the next track is Can't Afford No Shoes. Sam, what do you say? This is a cool rock song. Uh, it comes out, to me, it reminds me of the doo-wop stuff that Frank loves. He kind of puts that in songs from time to time, and he has a lot of these kinds of songs. It's a cool track. The solo in the song is great. And my favorite part is when it goes, Got my love, that I so. He's uh, messing with silly, fun lyrics, man. I like this song. It's a fun song. Ray? Oh, wow. I See, I can't tell, because I know Beck will sometimes play his guitar and use a whimmy bar and make it sound like a slide, or if this is this Frank playing slide, because I'd never heard that I before. Could, yeah, I wasn't sure so, either. I thought it was I don't a slide. Know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, nice slide work, Frank. It yeah. almost kind of like reminded me of the intro to Slow Ride, which was like released the same year, that kind of, and that's got that fat-ass guitar tone with all that distortion on it. It's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And the, sol- the uh, outro solo is also great as well. Nice little mm-hmm. nugget to throw in towards the end. Good stuff. Yeah, this is more of a standard rock tune, though. This is Zappa, so he's going to sprinkle in a few wrinkles here and there. Sprinkle in the wrinkles. (laughs) This is the only track with James Birdleg's human on bass because Tom Fowler had broken his hand while they were on tour. This has a catchy ascending chorus with excellent vocal harmonies and clever wordplay. Hey, Loudy Mama, can't afford no shoes. Maybe there's a bundle of rags that I could use. Hey, anybody, can you spare a dime? If you're really hurting, a nickel would be fine. (laughs) (laughs) To me, the lyrics seem to be commenting on economic recession and depression, which was a huge thing in the mid-70s. Oh, yeah. And like like you raised, is that a slide guitar solo I hear? (laughs) That's a little bit different. This is pretty straightforward. It's a good track. I dig it. The following track is Sofa Number One.
Sam, you like Sofa? I do. I really like it. It's not my favorite on this record, and it's brilliant, and I'm sure it's hard to play. I love the piano in it, and uh, it's, it's pleasant, you know? And about a minute and 40 in or so, uh, you get a little guitars going in, and it blends nicely. And uh, until the end of the song, it's, a, it's especially the last, the ending of the song is, it's not strange. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I really like the song. It's not too long, you know. I mean, it's like we just said, uh, he's never constricted by time, and I think he just want to have a little nice piece here. I wrote this down. I like it. I'm going to put it on the record. Yeah, Frank was always good. He liked nice pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like this song. It's a solid song. Yeah, right. Especially those pieces are committed to the 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, sofa number one. This is awesome. It's epic sounding, and it's only 2 minutes and 38 seconds long. George Duke's key work is really tasty on this. And at some point, he's got like a Gary Wright-style synth line in the background, which is really kind of cool. I like that. Um, And I like there's a part of the song which he revisits in sofa two, where he's got like this acoustic guitar parts mixed with a guitar mini section. Here we got our guitar mini in for this one, and this is it. Rob Bork. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's kind of gospely. And for the first time, I was trying to put that place to think, why does it have like a gospel feel to it? And I think it's because there's an emphasis on the and of the three going into the one. That da dun, two, three, da dun, two. And that's what it is. I've heard it in a bunch of other things. But until I sat down and listened to this song, that's got to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, sofa number one is a nice, nice piece. (laughs) It's a nice piece. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love Sofa. I first noticed this as a rocked-up version with Steve Vai playing on it on You Can't Do That On Stage Anymore, and I strongly prefer this track as an instrumental. I dig this version, too, which features a lot more keyboards from George and vibraphone from Ruth. It's played in three-quarter time, and it has a grand, sweeping, almost cinematic vibe. You said epic. That's a good word for it, too. That just makes me all warm and fuzzy. You could dance a fine waltz to this. Hell yeah. Just don't get no jism on his sofa. (laughs) (laughs) The next track is Pojama People. Some people's hot. Some people's cold. Some people's not very swift to be whole. Some people do it. Some see right through it. Some wear pajamas if only they knew it. Pajama people are boring me to pieces Feel like I am wasting my time They all got flannel up and down Sam, laid on us You guys know that I love this song, man And, what, <laughs> well, the solo, the intro of the solo is just fucking awesome man. It's Frank, classic Frank, he's getting in there And then he, there's a little funky thing comes in where his voice is he's really close to the microphone and rooting room so like he does sometimes yeah and uh i like the way he ex- puts the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable you know yeah. that yeah. When he goes, yeah. the get out of my way and that's just freaking hilarious <laughs> but it works in the song man. it's like his voice <laughs> it's just funny it's so funny and um you know what i think of when, when i hear the song sometimes man he's like he's sitting he's smoking a cigarette over the piano is like it rubs his head in exasperation, and he, he's like, and you see this picture of his man that's worried. How am I going to finish the song? But in his mind, he hears, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> this is crazy, man. But I, these 
freaking lyrics are hilarious. The song, I don't know if it's it's a, he's a, satirical and most of the time, and uh, but solo kicks ass in the song, man. And I like, I really like uh, Fowler's bass uh, under his solo. I, I, I like listening to that later. I kind of tried to focus on that in the past couple of days. And man, it's really cool. It's really cool. I love this song, man. This is just a five stars for me, man. Yeah, right. Um, holy guitar orgy. The only other thing I can say about the guitar on this is Mother Mary and Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Zappa was at the top of his game, man. As far as like, you think of 70s rock guitarists, of course you're going to go to like Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page and even Clapton and some Richie Blackmore. But honestly, I think this guy could, Frank could give all those guys a run for their money, you know, yeah, yeah. With, with, you know, one hand tied behind his back. Um, are pajama people supposed to be like Caps, Casper Milk Toast types or like safe suburbanites? Because that's what I kind of like gathered from with like No Edge or just you know, kind yeah, of cheap, boring people. Boring people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, um, that's what I got. Yeah. So, um, I think Sam already mentioned this too, but Tom Fowler is a great bassist. They give him a lot, a lot of good stuff going on in this song. Um, this song is a, just a jam. Um, a jam done by great musicians who listen to each other. I mean, you can tell they're feeding mm-hmm. off of each other yes. as they're recording this. And they also have a great, once again, great sense of dynamics. George Duke, I could think he would give the great St. Nicky Hopkins a run for his money as far mm. as, like, you know, great rock piano. I think he was a jazz guy, too, originally. I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was, yes. Oh, but, man, he can, he can lay down some great rock lines without a doubt. And this, the songs like this, without sounding totally cheesy and pretentious myself, I gotta say... It just proves that music can be like a living and breathing thing with the amount of stuff going on it. Yeah. That's what I got, which is yeah. just amazing about this track. Especially when you have living, breathing musicians playing yeah, it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> so I'm going to give this song an A. It's a great showcase for Zappa, who was a, who was a guitar god. Mm-hmm. And I like the little swing part during the Lord, they make you sleepy. <laughs> and he goes right back into the funk section. Yeah. Now the thing that I've been trying to figure out from the song is like where he get the hoy 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 thing from, and uh, there's a term for rabble or you know Joe every day. It was called the hoy poloi, and then I wondered about it's like is he spelled p- pajama pojama as in the hoy poloi? Because I've been listening for the mm. hoy part of the song. That's a stretch as, a f- as I can fucking imagine. You never put it past him though. Yeah, yeah. So hanging a hanging a hey hoy hoy hoy. The song is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Frank sings lead on this, and as Sam alluded to, on this track, there's a recording technique he would use, especially he, going forward, he would use it a lot, where his voice is so compressed, it sounds like it's right on top of you. <laughs> and he would use this mocking tone that was funny, and at the same time, making fun of his subject matter. In this case, people on downers and so stoned that they were out of it, and they were that just made them boring to Frank. Frank was famously anti-drug, and he had little patience for these types of people. The music starts off slow and bluesy in the intro, but then it turns into this jazz rock-type jam that just lets all the musicians cut loose in the solo section. Frank's playing some blistering guitar. George Duke is banging away on the piano. Chester Thompson's all over the fucking drum kit. And Tom Fowler's bass is doing jazzy runs. I almost don't want the vocals to come back when they do. (laughs) I dig the shit out of this one, too. So let's flip the imaginary record over and drop the imaginary needle on Florentine Pogan. She was the daughter of a wealthy Florentine Pogan. 
Sam, your thoughts? Oh, man. This is one of those great Zappa songs. I love the opening riff. And this, I think the star of this, this song is Napoleon, man. His sax and the way he sings the song is, is incredible, man. Um, like uh, we were saying, a pogan is apparently a Swedish cookie or a cake. <laughs> and I don't know the ref, what he's saying, but it sounds great. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of little... Uh, cool things in the lyrics of this song this one here it's like like that and like the 59 morgan this is a cool car you know it's uh you know it's the fir- first line she was a daughter of a wealthy florentine pogan you know out in the streets she f- drove a 59 morgan and uh apparently a morgan is this really nice freaking sports car back in the 50s and you know uh, there's real little nuggets and like uh later on in kind of chester's gorilla chester i think's referring to the drummer right yes mm-hmm. yeah and uh, <laughs> it's a great song man but it comes out, it comes off uh, right off the bat with the heaviest riff that's not metal. I don't, I don't, it's, I wouldn't consider it metal, but it could easily be like a Metallica song or, uh, you know, a Pantera riff because it's just heavy and dark and in your face, and I love it. But you know, of course, Frank's going to take it somewhere else. And this is one of my favorite Zappa songs of all, and then I keep, I'm going to keep saying that, I guess. <laughs> but uh, this is one of the best. And I, this is one of the ones I go to if somebody asks me, you know, show me a Frank Zappa song. I'll, I might pull this one up. This is five stars. Nice. Right. Wow. I, I concur. It, this That intro riff is sick. Yeah. And it's, the whole song is really heavy. And was surprisingly enough, as I think as I was listening to it, well, first of all, the first three days I listened to this album, I listened to it on like a shitty little fucking Bluetooth speaker in my car. And then recently I got to listen to my car stereo, so I got to pick up a lot more. I think the synth part is actually just as heavy as the distorted guitar part, which I think is kind of a cool thing. I mean, it's really easy. cool. Yeah, I mean, could, they could have just gone to like the Sabbath route, and I don't, I'm not slagging Sabbath. I love Sabbath. I'll always throw down for Sabbath, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's weird. It's definitely unique. I gotta kind of agree with uh, with Sam. I, of course, I didn't really his sax part is great, but I think Napoleon Murphy Brock is a great vocalist. He's almost got like a Terry Kath thing going on, which is kind of cool. I always been a big Terry Kath fan, so that kind of definitely sucked me in without going into you know like Saturday in the Park. You know what I was noticing too about this too is uh, Sam. You mentioned he had like a doo-wop background. Yeah, he's a great. I'm mean, a great arranger all in all, but he's a great vocal arranger. And I, like I, I noticed it particularly on the. Da 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 part before they do the Chester Tops girl thing. Dad's yeah. like, wow, he really fucking knows his shit for like, yeah. arranging voices. Yes. Um, yes. So, uh, not just read them and wee. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. The music has a darker vibe, like we've been saying, with the guitar and keyboards of the main themes, but it's broken up with these quick, whimsical sections, including a snippet of Louie Louie. Did you catch that? <laughs> that was one of no. Frank's favorite all-time songs. Yep. If you listen to one of the little breaks, they go... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it, no way! Louis. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. And if you listen throughout Frank's entire catalog, watch how many times he sneaks Louie Louie in. It's one of his favorite all-time songs. He's not even being facetious. He, wow. He, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. He's got a thing for Louie Louie. <laughs> Aaron dropping knowledge, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is another one of those <laughs> tracks with different sections that seem unrelated musically. They're kind of stitched together like Inca Rhodes. Ruth's vibes are tinkling below the surface and are a constant presence, too. Chester Thompson just killing it on drums this track, as he does pretty much the entire album, for that matter, with his rolling fills. And Napoleon Murphy Brock sneaks in some sax, as well as singing lead vocals. 
Lyrically, it seems to satire a young debutante and how the young and wealthy can be airheaded about the world around them. Kardashians. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Frank seems to have a disdain for the upper classes. Good on you, Frank. <laughs> Read them in wheelies. <laughs> there are all sorts of vocalizations all over this track, like you were saying. It's just yeah. amazing stuff. Goofy sound effects. And Chester's Gorilla She Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. I was trying to figure it out for a long time what he was saying. Yeah, <laughs> the following track is Evelyn, a Modified Dog. Evelyn, a Modified Dog. Viewed the quivering fringe of a special doily Draped across the piano with some surprise In the darkened room where the chairs dismayed And the horrible curtains muffled the rain She could hardly believe her eyes A curious breeze, a garlic breath Which sounded like a snore Somewhere near Sam, what do you say? I think I can't say that I listen to the song every time. Sometimes I skip it, but I appreciate it for what it is. It's conceptual, conceptual, what the hell? Continuity. Yeah. Continuity. Conceptual continuity. continuity. He's got a, he's, he's doing that with it. Yep. Mm -hmm. He had a little piano piece and he's going to lean on, look right at the piano player, George Duke, maybe, and and say absurd things. Play these notes. I want to say this. And uh, he's going to talk about a modified dog, man. And uh, I think it's great. But I think, it, for me, it's my least favorite on the album. All right. But I like it, though. Ray? Um, back it up for a second. What was the continuity thing? I know it's part of his concept of music, right? Conceptual continuity was continuity. something Zappa always like kind of insisted. He, he basically said his entire career, all of his music was part of a whole. Huh. Like a part of it, an, a whole concept wow. that he called conceptual continuity. Now, it goes back, like, people kind of buy into it and some people don't some people think right. you know, it's kind of bullshit but he always kind of claimed it was like everything uh -huh. that he was doing was uh, like building towards something like you know what I mean uh -huh. it, was, it was this big overarching wow concept that was you know so that's yeah so, so. he was Howard Hughes and this was his great goose yes <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a song called Stinkfoot which he pretty much says that yep it's mm -hmm. uh, one of his popular songs cool so. very cool that, that, I like that well anyway uh, I don't have much for Evel on the modified dog I'll be honest, I fucking love it, man. <laughs> the lyrics are great. It's, I don't know what the hell he's singing about, but it's still pretty awesome. And like, it's almost like he's like, take, take, I almost pictured him like being at home with his piano and like just like the kids are doing whatever and his wife's doing whatever and he's like looking at the dog in the middle of the day and like, all right, a wind came through and moved the doily on the Steinway. I'm going to fucking write about that, man. <laughs> you, know, you can derive great art from just about any experience, I sure. suppose. And so, yeah, this is a cool-ass song. Yeah, like Dom Music sitting at the piano. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never get it, she, never. She walks in. Oh, Evelyn. Oh, <laughs> this is barely over a minute with a piano in the background, and it should be just a stupid little interlude that means nothing, and it kind of is just that, but I fucking love this, too. I find the fucking vocal melody irresistible, and the lyrics are hilarious. Evelyn the dog enters a dark, gloomy room, sees a doily draped over her <laughs> piano, begins to waft from a breeze. She ponders the significance of short-person behavior and pedal-depressed panchromatic <laughs> resonance in other highly ambient domains. Arf, she said. <laughs> arf. Arf, arf, arf. Arf, she said. What a fucking payoff that is. It's so hilarious to me. Hell yeah. I love you, Evelyn. 
<laughs> if I ever get a female dog, I'm naming her Evelyn. <laughs> the next track is San Bernardino. Sam, let's have it. Okay. I think this is another song that's keeping with the conceptual continuity going. When he mentions Potato Head Bobby. <laughs> Doesn't that Potato Head Bobby the potato people yeah. from that song? Yeah. You could connect it to it. Yeah. Sure. Okay, that's sure. <laughs> this song's great, man. It's a rocking, solid Zappa tune. San Bernardino, the lyrics are funnier as hell. Solos, of course, fucking awesome. Man, this is if I was here to hear this song live, man, I'd probably shit. And then if I was ever to get to see, maybe Dweezil came around and, and played it for everyone. But this is a solid tune, man. I love it, and uh, especially the when uh, the end of when he's making all the songs sound uh, the words sound the same, like Wheelo and Delo, <laughs> just because he doesn't give a shit and can do whatever he wants. He's Frank Zappa, man. And it's five stars. I love his song. Great. I gotta tell you, like I've really liked it throughout this album so far, but I'm really digging Chester Thompson's drums. And for the first time ever, I'm gonna grant him an award. Mentally, I don't have the award to give him, but he's getting the Golden Kunkel. <laughs> yeah. Chester, I don't know where you are in this life, and if I can get up the money to do it, I might have to sell some of my fillings from 1979. But I will get a golden kunkel made to send to your house. I have to get like a bust of Kunkel's head or something like that made out of a shooter. And you can put it on your, you'd be like, God damn, it was Album Max that gave me the golden kunkel. And, and my life is complete now. And then like, who knows, maybe he's near death. He's like, now I can pass on to the next world because I got my golden kunkel. It's coming, Chester. I'm working on it, man. You get the first one of this year. Maybe it'll be the once a year thing. And next year I'll have another Golden Kunkel recipient. But this year is yours, Mr. Thompson. Um, anyway, awesome. moving right along. <laughs> we got Beefheart doing some some pretty pretty decent harp going on. Um, I noticed because I listen to this song a lot in the car. There's one line I have to scream at the top of my lungs. It says, there's only one shower, but it don't apply to Bobby. I don't know what the fuck yeah. it's about, but I love it. Every time it comes to it. It's like there's some ads in the radio where like you listen to it and you're like, there's maybe one part you remember, but you always shout it out at the top of your lungs. That's this song for me. Once again, this song is another great showcase for Zappa's guitar work. Actually, if you listen to the solo, and I'm sure he did like all the guitar stuff, the rhythm guitar part underneath his solo is fucking mint. And what it sounds to me like, and I could be wrong, because I think Frank was like mostly, though he didn't try, play a true SG, it was kind of like a Frankenstein SG, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, it was a modified, yeah. yeah. But, modified. <laughs> but, yeah. A modified <laughs> SG. <Yeah. laughs> what it sounded like to me... And as close as I can get to the sounds, like it sounds like when you take a strat and you put it in between the like the bridge pickup and the center, the middle pickup, yeah. that out of phase kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, out it's that phase, quacking yeah. kind of a thing right. that funk guitars do, and I fucking love the shit out of that. Yep. and it just is a perfect counterpoint to his like fucking searing fret work. And 
I'm sorry you have a head that looks like a potato, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> all right. This is another rock tune with multiple sections and time signatures and bloodshot rolling red on blues harmonica. Captain Beefheart. This song is a prime example to me of mid-period Zappa with the start and stop music, humorous lyrics that often paint a picture or tell a story, and tight vocal harmonies. There's some bluesy and funk style guitar, that's what you were just all talking about, Ray. Rolling bass and piano uh, Golden Kunkel Award winner Chester Thompson <laughs> holding everything together yeah. with his stellar drumming <laughs> and Johnny Guitar Watson on shouted vocals in the last phase of the song. The melodies are really cool and the lyrics tell the tale of Bobby, the boy from the rodeo who looks like a potato and lives with his girlfriend in a Winnebago. Bobby gets drunk and disorderly and spends 30 days in a San Bernardino drunk tank sea, but don't you judge these two lovebirds because their love is strong, and they spend the rest of their lives in San Bernardino and Trailer Park Heaven. The inspiration for this was when Frank spent 10 days in jail on a trumped-up obscenity charge in the mid-60s when an undercover cop asked him to make a suggestive audio tape for an alleged stag party. He and a female friend recorded a fake erotic audio tape, and when he handed it over, he was arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit pornography. What a cock. That's incredible. He was sentenced to six (laughs) months, but it got suspended down to the ten days. This episode really had a profound effect on Frank and helped to shape his anti-authoritarian stance. Whatever. This track is fucking awesome, man. (laughs) <laughs> and who, who would have thought, like, him and Lenny Bruce, man? I think, of course, in the 60s, it makes sense that all this bullshit was going on. But, yeah, I never made the connection. <laughs> the penultimate track is Andy. Sam, tell us about Andy. I want to sing it. (laughs) (laughs) I love this song, man. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites on this album, especially. Um, I like the syncopated lyrics uh, and everything is like on, you know, it's like syncopated. And uh, at the beginning of it, it's really, really cool. And it goes on through there. What I laugh about, though, is I looked this up. Andy is Andy Devine, this old Western actor. Is this the same thing? It's about a guy. That's where he got the name from, yeah. Well, he's an actor in old Westerns in in the 50s. The 30s. He had a 30s. He had had like a kid's show in the 50s or 60s, too. He he did, and he had like a – his voice made him interesting. He was also Friar Tuck in the the Disney Robin Hood animated show. Oh, no shit. He kind of had like a scratchy – I can't do it. I can't. I can't possibly imitate it. But it's very distinctive. If you heard it, you'd know it. Go on, Andy. Froggy, yeah, okay. twang your magic twanger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's an awesome song, man. There's, especially the, the beginning has a. Uh, it's kind of sounds like ahead of its time. Thinking about it now, because um, it's like synth. It's really cool. He's got again. He's got great solos in the song. Frank never puts on. A bad solo. He, if it's bad, and he'll hear it, and he will change it and put a live one on from some show he did a couple weeks ago. And man, 
this is one of the songs, another one that I would pull up. Somebody says, uh, play me a Frank Zappa song. And uh, it's, it's hilarious. Man, one day I hope to hear Dweezil play it live. Really you realize, Sam, you have like four songs in the album that you would play for somebody for the first time here in Zappa. <laughs> This it's is hard to choose, man. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't blame the man. It's, it's like, <laughs> where do you the, pick from? The fourth one will be the next one. Just someone German to interpret it for me. But I love Andy, man. It's a great song. I'd crank it. And if I played it for the guys at work earlier today. They didn't like it. I didn't care. Yeah. I love this song. Five stars. Right. I just got, I have one question about, is there anything good inside of this song? <laughs> Answers, yes. <laughs> um, to basically do that, to paraphrase what, uh, what, um, what Sam just said very eloquently, um, it's just a fucking nutty good arrangement. There's just so much, it's like a labyrinth. I don't know how the fuck he did this stuff, but it's awesome. Johnny Watson's got, I like how he comes in on the blues section, it sounds like, and then it goes back to George Duke. And there's this one part that I really like. It's like, it starts out with something that's almost like a Hammond B3 kind of a sound, and that kind of comes in with a piano, and then it kind of goes into these guitar harmonies towards the end of that. That's probably my favorite section of the song. Yeah. Out of a whole bunch of sections that I really like. Yep. So, there is a lot of good stuff going on with Andy. <laughs> Don't be so down on yourself, Andy Divine. Twang your magic twanger. <laughs> <laughs> we start with an intro with kind of long guitar chords, short drum bursts, and the synths and vibes kind of buried low in the mix. Then George and Napoleon take the lead vocalist together at a fast pace with drums pounding beneath them. Then we get this bluesy guitar and vocal section, and then back to the jazzy stuff. This track switches up styles at a dime, all the while with Frank throwing in some occasional melodic guitar leads. There are a couple of parts where the music just drops out, except for the bass and drums, and you get guitar bursts or random synth noises to fill out the sound. Johnny Guitar Watson returns on vocals towards the end of the track, and if this sounds all fucked up the way I'm describing it, that's because it is fucked up. But it's Zappa, so somehow he makes all this shit work. You know, Frank just being Frank, musically adventurous, and I fucking love it. The lyrics are very negative about someone and supposedly reference Andy Devine, a character actor known for his raspy voice and his work in westerns in the 1930s. And I've also read it could be about Todd Rundgren with the something anything part in there. So some oh. people think it's about him. Oh, okay. I guess they didn't get along. Like, or I guess Frank really didn't. Oh, no kidding. Shit about him too much. <laughs> or most likely, <laughs> Nigel Lennon. A guitarist and writer who had a professional and a uh, personal relationship with Frank that did not end well. And she was a writer, so she kind of wrote about it, and he didn't care for that. So it's kind of thought that the mean-spirited lyrics were directed at her, or at least she thought so. <laughs> and that brings us to the final track, Sofa Number 2. How about this one? I like this twice as much as the last one. The last sofa. There's going to be other sofa songs in Zappos in the discography future and uh, that I like even more than this. But I don't speak German, <laughs> and uh, so I don't know what he's saying, but I love it. I love it anyway. It's a great song, man. It's a great closer to the – and then keeping the continuity going, 
It's a great song, man. Great song. And I would play this for someone that, that knew German so they could tell me what the hell it's saying, other than so, something about uh, some chrome dinettes. <laughs> uh, ich bin der chrome dinette. Und du bist mein sofa. I don't know what that means, but I like it. All right. Ray? Fucking eat your heart out, Rammstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that, Rammstein. Ich bin ein chrome dinette. <laughs> um... Probably yeah, along the same lines. I like this. I like sofa number one. I like sofa number two better. Um, it's got some cool stuff going on. It's got some wackiness with the German part in there. Um, I like how they revisit the acoustic guitar section with the guitar harmonies. It's just it's just fine. Like the whole sofa thing. I was wondering about it too. Like I know sofa and solfege is also the four and five notes. So it's like, does he have a thing for the four chord and the five chord or something mm. like that, or the fourth and fifth notes, or is he just like fucking sofas? Why didn't he call it a duvet? Why didn't he call it a divan? Why yeah. Did he, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But no, it's a good way to go out. It's, it's a cool-ass way to go out for this album. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you don't ruin Sofa with stupid lyrics. I don't care what language you use. I so love this song, but as an instrumental. I was wondering if there was going to be... In this version, they're using silly and stupid voices in English and German that under ordinary circumstances, I would think it's fucking funny, but not on Sofa. Fuck. And the funniest part, they took these vocals from this here song, this version, played them backwards, and put them on the track Yahasna on Zappa's Them or Us album from 1984, and you gotta listen to that. That track's friggin' awesome. <laughs> but this one? Nine. <laughs> I was wondering. I thought I was going to be Evelyn. <laughs> now that the track by track is finished, we'll go into our final thoughts and album ratings. For you new listeners, the rating is a 0 to 5 system, with 5 being a favorite album of ours, all the way down to a 0, which is worse than 30 days in San Bernardino. <laughs> Sam, what are your final thoughts on One Size Fits All? I'm so happy that you guys uh, let me come on and, and do this album. I've been listening to this album for years, and some of my favorite Inca Rosa right now is my favorite song, like I said before. Um, I think it's a, it's a must-listen, man. If you're into any kind of you know <laughs> prog or jazz fusion or just something different, then you should listen to the freaking Frank One Size Fits All, man. It's a... It's a classic, great album. I think it's grand scheme, you know, of all of the conceptual continuity. It fits right in. It's up toward the top for me. I give it five stars easily, and uh, I don't give five stars to many bands. I think uh, Zappa and Floyd probably get all my five stars. The rest have to earn it. Frank is a uh, is a fucking genius, man, and uh, I, I wish he were alive. Uh, still alive, yeah. yeah I really yeah. do. And uh, I wish, and uh, hats off to Dweezil for trying to keep it going. Absolutely, five stars. Yep, Ray. Well, this the the great thing about Frank Zappa, I think, is is and something that I've always liked. As I like people who don't really take themselves too seriously and have a sense of humor. I mean, it, that's the great paradox about Zappa's music is he could have very easily just, just on his arrangements alone and his melodies alone could have been like you know this is wonderful and this is my song about you know the Moonies or some bullshit like that you know but he did <laughs> he had a fucking sense of humor and he, it came through his lyrics and he didn't take himself seriously um he was a fucking one of my all-time favorite guitar gods great arranger 
because I'm new to this album, I'm going to give it a four and a half. And I can say, since I'm probably going to be listening to it like over the next month, it'll shoot up to a five. But right now, since I'm new to the one size fits all game, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Fucking awesome album. Yeah. Frank Zappa was in a creative frenzy by the mid-1970s. He was cranking out albums, often two or more in a single year, each one building upon the last and taking his music in exciting and unexpected directions. He put out the most commercially successful album, at least in the United States, in 1974 with Apostrophe, and the version of the Mothers of Invention he had as his band at this time was versatile and could handle the tight jazz fusion style pieces Frank was concentrating on writing at the time. Also by this time, the Mothers were basically a revolving door of shifting lineups and guest musicians that accompanied them on specific albums and tours. It was a prime era for Frank, and One Size Fits All is a good example of the way Zappa mixed complex musical ideas with jokey lyrics in a gonzo stew that I admit is not for everyone. I find that with Frank Zappa, most people either love this guy's music or just don't get it and hate the weirdness. I can understand that, but no matter how you slice it, this man commands respect. One Size Fits All is a pretty well-known and liked record in the Zappa canon. It rocks hard in places and really emphasizes the wacky way Frank had with rhythm and melody. I find myself often marveling at it, thinking, how does he fucking do that, and yet make it so pleasing to my ears? I must be a Zappadict. <laughs> I give One Size Fits All a four, and I'd recommend it to someone who's interested in a taste of Zappa and the Mothers. If you can dig this one, you're well on your way to becoming a full-fledged Zappadict, and we will welcome you with open arms. Nice, man. Now let's give thanks to super listener Sam George for rounding out our crew of Zappadicts. Can't wait to play it again, Sam. <laughs> nice. Man, I want to thank you guys. Uh, uh, congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank man. you. I was uh, I'm really proud of you guys. I was proud to hear when I uh, first found it. And uh, I, like I said to you uh, earlier, Aaron, I guess I binge a few episodes and then I was hooked. I guess I binged 10 or 12. I'm, I'm not sure when. Maybe it's around Number of the Beast. Maybe that was the first one I heard. But um, I got to binge a few. And then every week, I uh, slowly uh, was addicted. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then when uh, you and Shannon, and sometimes you you by yourself, man, it's a lot of work. I know it's a lot of work that you do, and I appreciate what you do for oh, us. Man. Um, it's, and uh, when Ray came on, man, it got better because Ray's hilarious, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I loved it even more. And now it's even getting it's getting even better because now you have guests on that are really cool. Like uh, Rock and Mike and Ray Z, uh, Ray P, excuse me, the, pre- the professor, uh, and, and other guests. Uh, the 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 guy that uh, I forget his name, but uh, did the Tool episode. Yeah, I know he's a Tool fan. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. He, he did. did he really job. did. Yeah, yeah. He found his rhythm and bam, yeah, he was yep, good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was great, man. And uh, uh, when Shannon did the Women in Music, man, that was a great thing. I was very and, proud uh, of her I, for that. I wouldn't. Yeah, that was great. And uh, hey, found out I like Billie Holiday. Didn't know that. So I appreciate that. Thanks, Shannon. And, um, man, I appreciate you guys. And I uh, can't wait to, to to be on again and listen to the next episode. Thanks so much, dude. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt, man. And I'd also like to acknowledge all the listeners out there who gave us good wishes for our 100th episode last week. You make us blush. <laughs> Thank you for everything. Oh, <laughs> <Aw>, shucks. <laughs> 
And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast at places like iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it. If you take the time to do that, we'll read your review right here on the show. If you'd like to contact us directly, we can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com and also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, where there's a link to hear each podcast, including the Album Addicts branch of the show. You can also recommend the show on Facebook if you'd prefer to do it that way. And yes, we'll read your Facebook recommendation on the podcast. We're also on Twitter at R4PodcastAaron and Instagram under R4Podcaster. You want to come on the podcast and talk about an album with us? Give us a shout and we'll set it up. We're always looking for co-pilots to host the show with us. And we would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. We'd love to hear from you. So for Albumatics, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ray. See ya. Mother Mary and Kunkel. I feel terrible. I don't even think I can do like any like real imitations or singing. Or like, you said baby snakes, and I wanted to do baby snakes. Like, oh, it's it was good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded fine, man. <laughs> read them and read. <laughs> oh man, you got so much red. I want a horny little Jewish princess. I <laughs> No shit about cooking and his arrogant looking. <laughs> I grind her a bumper with a free voice and Everybody twist. <laughs> 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 so absurd. <laughs> Florentine Pogan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that explanation. I still don't really get it 100%. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Because a Florentine Pogan is literally a cake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. I know what they're an Italian cake, I'm, I'm guessing. Yep. He must be just making poking fun. It's got to be a, a poking fun at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you eaten at a Florentine Pogan at the new Swedish bakery? <laughs> oh, <Almost. laughs> yeah. So, Get up a scotch, dip it in my coffee, and get a little it is, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh, that's gotta be it. Drink highballs at the club after, right? Oh, of course we are, yes. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was J.P. Lee said that he actually had an affair with Frank. Yeah. And uh, that Frank asked him to be the next gal. He probably did, yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um... <laughs> And Jake says a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So he settled for Steve Vai. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he said that. Have you seen that man? He's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I upgraded. <laughs> <laughs>